are Fusion Church located in Fishkill, New York. Welcome to our podcast. Today we have a special podcast. We are interviewing Pastor Armando Palazzo, the lead pastor of Fusion Church, and talking about his new book, Battle to Win. Enjoy! Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Genesis with Fusion Church, and we are, first off, very thankful that you are tuning in today, whether that's on YouTube or via the podcast. Um, we're just so appreciative and feel so blessed that you're with us here. Um, today is a bit of a change. We are celebrating the release of the lead pastor's book. Um, this is Pastor Armando, who's sitting with us today. If you haven't seen him, this is who he is. I hope uh, for those who are on podcasts, check out our website, um, come over to YouTube and um, you know meet us. Uh, so, as I mentioned, we're here to celebrate your book, and let's dig right into it. Tell us about Battle to Win. Yeah, so Battle to Win, uh, it's interesting. You know, it was never meant to actually be a book. Um, Battle to Win uh, was inspired by, I guess, the events our family went through. Probably about five, six years ago, we went through a real hardship as a family. One of our children was really, really suffering depression, anxiety, self-harm, and uh, we were really living in fear. Um we were living in fear for so long that we'd come home and um, she would have done something to herself, hurt herself in some way. And we just never really understood why she was struggling. You know, uh, we have a, a Christ-centered family, uh, live pretty healthy lives, healthy relationships, really pour into our kids. And all of a sudden we saw this change in, in one of our children uh, around 14 years old, and we just really couldn't figure it out. And uh, some time passed, a lot of prayer, a lot of pouring into our daughter. And uh, what ended up coming to, to light was that when she was a young young girl, uh, she went through something really tragic, something really painful that you guys might read a little more about in the book. Um, and it's something no little girl should ever go through. And I think finally, when she hit about 14 years old, uh, she started to have an emotional language and was able to really come to grips with what she experienced, what happened to her. Um, she was able to put some words around it. And, um, and then she shared it with us as a family. And that really, you know, what she had been bearing for so long by herself, um, I think really came to light with us for the first time. And as she then started her road and process to recovery, um, for us, the, the pain really began, the realization of what she had been bearing for so long. Uh, what was really interesting, for so long, I thought my daughter was navigating this um, journey of pain by herself. And uh, I go in her closet, my wife and I, as we were cleaning her room one day, and we saw literally stacks of binders and books, probably as high as your knee, some as high as your waist, there were, I believe, four or five stacks. And uh, we started looking through that, thinking maybe she kept all of her books from all of those years in school. Uh, and actually, um, they weren't school books at all. Uh, they were devotions. They were prayers. Uh, as we opened some of the marble notebooks, um, there were scriptures upon scriptures that had to, and as I'm looking, I started to see a theme in it all. It had to do with God never leaving her, God never forsaking her. What does the Bible say about abuse, about shame, about guilt? Uh, and what I started to realize is she also had prayers, prayer upon prayer written in these books and in these binders and devotionals. And this whole time, since about eight, nine years old to 14, when this all came to light, um, she wasn't alone. She was navigating this journey of pain and grief by herself with God. So really, she wasn't alone. Uh, my wife and I weren't privy to it, but this whole time she was walking with God. And finally, my daughter allowed us to be part of that journey with her. Um, and um, my daughter, then we got her into some counseling, right? Some Christian counseling, and she started working with a mental health professional, uh, and her road to recovery began. And we started to see a miracle. It was really a God-sized story. Um, started seeing the redemptive power of God. And as my daughter got better, my wife 
um, she started to become depressed. She started dealing with guilt and shame as a mother, right? The, the, the chaos, the, the, the anxiety, the, um, I guess the trauma that we were in the, 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 as a family felt like the crisis had come down quite a bit for my daughter. She was no longer a threat to herself. She started uh, anxiety lift, depression lift. She started feeling the uh, blessing of God and healing in her life. Uh, but for my wife and I, um, I, I think my wife really hit a wall. I think now that the crisis was over concerning my daughter, my wife was able to feel. And uh, she became very depressed. And then we were on a, probably a six to eight month journey uh, to get my wife back to a place where she was healthy. She sought some Christian counsel, worked with a counselor as well, and uh, was really on the road to healing for herself. After eight months, my wife got better. Praise God, we saw another redemptive story. Uh, and then the crisis for my daughter was over. The crisis for my wife was all over. I never, I, I no longer felt like I had to hold the world together. Um, and I fell apart. I fell apart hard. I uh, not only grieved for what my daughter went through, uh, and there was such vacillation of emotions. I had like celebration of what God had done and then anger and hatred, even toward myself as a father, asking all the obvious questions. Could I have done something different? Could I have intervened? Man, I had regrets. I had such crazy amount of regrets at that time. Um, and I started bargaining. I went through all the stages of grief, right? There was shock, there was denial, there was anger, there was bargaining. I felt despair. Um, I was angry, angry with myself, angry with uh, what my daughter had experienced and uh, felt like it was unjust. And, and I struggled and I became angry and I started to feel really alone. So uh, part of this journey, what I ended up doing was I, I really, nothing worked for me. I'm a mental health professional. I'm a licensed uh, mental health counselor. I'm also a pastor. And what I found was for the first time in my life, all the skills I I had as a mental health professional and all that I had spoke as a pastor, I felt like it escaped me. I felt utterly and completely alone. I felt abandoned by God. So I started to write my prayers. I started to write them down. Um, and it really was a devotion, kind of an open-ended thing. Uh, I didn't really have direction. It's not like I bought a devotional book. I searched for books. I didn't find any that really met me where I was at. So I started writing out my prayers. I started writing out my devotions to God. And I wrote well over a hundred of them. And that really is the basis of uh, what we have come to understand this book is, uh, how that all unfolded as I started getting better, right? As I started finding healing and experiencing that redemptive story uh, of God in my own life, God has taken guilt away from me, shame away from me. I started sharing these prayers that uh, I wrote in my own despair and pain uh, with people who needed it, people who lost a loved one, people who experienced financial ruin, people who had a really difficult life setback. Uh, I started sharing, you know, one prayer here and there, and they would uh, write back to me. They would tell me. Me, hey, you know, Armando, this was really helpful. Thank you for sharing. Pastor, this is the first time I felt hope in a long time. Uh, knowing you went through that and God's hand of power in your life brought me so much hope for my own story. Uh, and then over the course of weeks and months, I started feeling the conviction of God. And I started feeling the leading of God that uh, God was showing me that my pain wasn't my own, that uh, God met me in my pain. And I met Jesus, by the way, in a way I never knew him before. You know, I knew him as my savior of my soul, but I, I came to understand him in the depths of my valley. He doesn't waste your pain at all, guys. God does not waste your pain, that I, I met him as the redeemer of my story, I, I, savior of my pain in the midst of the valley. And it's in the valley I grew. And, uh, and I started feeling God's leading to put this into a book to help others. Because what I realized is my pain, I met Jesus in my pain. There's a growth that happens in the valley that only happens at that place where it's just you and God, but that my pain was not just for me, that it's a God-sized story and that I was to share it with all of those 
who really needed hope. And, um, and that's really what inspired this book. Wow. That's just completely amazing to hear you share that and feel so grateful to that we're kind of sharing in this journey with you. And as I heard your story, I, I couldn't help but really focus in on how grief really strikes everyone differently, right? Whether it's going through a tragic situation directly or being the family member of someone and even how it took so long for it to play out with your daughter and your wife and even yourself. How do you see this book helping people dealing with different types of trauma or tragic situations in their life? Absolutely. So so grief isn't... Um just due to one experience in life. Uh, you know, a lot of us, when we think about grief and loss, we think about losing a loved one, but there's grief and loss of many different types. You know, we look at the uh, biblical character of Job. Man, he lost everything. And in some way, we all are the story of Job. It just doesn't play out as quick, thank God. Uh, in life, you know, uh, everything we have today, we may not have tomorrow. Now, things come and go, um, but really, life is about blessings, but it's also about losses. And, and I think, um, I, I think the church uh, at large, we've in the Western world kind of lost the theology of pain and suffering. Um, and what I've come to realize is pain and suffering is not a liability. Uh, it's actually oftentimes a setup for a God-sized story, but we experience loss to your question in so many different ways. It can be due to the loss of a loved one, but some of us, it's it's loss due to a job that we loved, a career uh, that we loved that was taken away from us. Sometimes it's financial ruin. Uh, it could be a sickness, a, a certain diagnosis that we feared. We experience growth. Uh, uh, loss and grief. Some of us experience tremendous loss and grief at the loss of a family pet. And if you've had a dog or a cat, some of us, we feel like they're family members and we love them. And when we lose them, there's loss and grief there. Um, you know, loss and grief can really be the outcome of various different losses of various different types. Absolutely. The other thing that comes to mind is like, and you mentioned it earlier that when you were going through the situation, you thought about different books that were available and even in, in your bivocational path, uh, you know, why this book? Why Battle to Win? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I, I know when I was dealing with um, this level of grief and loss, uh, our first, ten, you know, the first thing we experience often in grief is shock, emotional shock. And uh, man, we feel very overwhelmed um, with the shock that we're experiencing. And, and you know, so many of us, um, we're really not processing our pain. And I needed something when I was in shock. And what I needed was to write. I needed to tell the story. But I also felt, it's 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 interesting, uh, the vacillation of experiences. I also felt really completely overwhelmed by everybody in our lives who came alongside to support. And every time somebody said, hey, what's going on? What's happening in your life? Uh, I was exhausted. I was tired. I didn't want to tell the story over and over and over again to all these different people. Uh, so what ended up happening in the place of shock is I isolated uh, but then after the shock went away and what set in was anger and bargaining and despair, uh, people weren't checking in anymore. This is weeks and months after the event. The world moves on. The world, I found, makes no accommodations for pain. Uh, the world doesn't slow down when you're grieving. At some point, you got to go back to work. Um, and what I recognized is there was really no resources out there that met me where I was at. The, the only one who met me where I was at was Jesus, was God. And it was through communication, which is really what prayer is. And I tried to work through books and it was good for a season. But why this book? Uh, I wished at that time there was a God. I wish there was someone to help educate me, help walk with me, journey through me. And you guys will see if you uh, do pick up this book, that this book acts like a guide that doesn't tell you about grief and pain, but actually walks with you through your journey. And it's really my journey of pain shared with you guys that we get to walk together. And what's really awesome, I think what also separates this, um, it's a 40-day devotion. 
So as you kind of read our story and my prayers, uh, there's a contemplative part that really helps you to connect with uh, the prayer that I've shared with your own pain and the truth of what the Bible has to tell you about whatever that day devotion is covering or wherever you're at in your journey. And uh, we meet God in a fresh, awesome way every day. Our, our relationship with God is like a fresh restart with him day after day. And then what follows at the end of each day devotion are really thoughtful questions, intentional questions that not only meet you where you're at, but it gets you to talk, it gets you to pray, it gets you to write. So by the end of this book, Genesis, I think, and it's a God-sized story, what's really awesome is that if you answer every question in each day of the devotion, by the end, you would have written your own story. You would have actually written your own book. And, and my belief in prayer is that your story, your grief, your pain will actually be a story of great triumph, a story, a God-sized story of his redemptive hand. And it's not just my story you're reading, you would have written your own story. It's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. You know, I'm imagining that there are listeners out there and, and people watching on YouTube that definitely relate to what you've gone through and what you shared and even, you know, the message of grief that we're dealing with. Um, but I'm curious about, you know, that person that might be watching or listening who's saying, you know, I don't know, you know, there's something there that's speaking to me, but I'm not sure if I'm ready yet. Like, you know, what would you tell that person? Like, what kind of encouragement would you give them? Absolutely. If you're not ready yet to dive into this book, like, that's okay. I wasn't ready. Really, um, I wasn't ready to start writing my prayers until probably a couple of weeks after the uh, the shock wore off. Uh, you know, a lot of us, when we're not ready, it's because the pain is so fresh. It's so new. We're just at a, sake, a, a state of shock. We're actually not processing uh, emotionally. Um or even spiritually, what's happening in our own lives. Uh, I remember when I first came to the realization uh, of what we came to understand our trauma was, it's like the world stood still. I couldn't comprehend. And I kept saying, as my daughter was sharing with us her story, I kept saying, what? What? Uh, say that again. I, I can't understand. It was as if she was speaking Greek to me. And by the way, I don't I don't know Greek. So if you do, you might have understood it, but I didn't. Um, but it's as if she was speaking a different language. And, and it was really like that moment where the world around me got quiet and I started to drown out um, with, I guess, a background buzz almost in my ears and in my head. I just heard that that buzzing sound. And it was almost like that um, moment we see in movies where uh, bombs are going off around the soldiers and they're ears start to ring and they're not hearing anything else. And that's actually what happened to me. Uh, and, and then I stayed kind of in that state for, I would guess, a, a week and a half to two weeks. I wasn't really ready to do anything. So if you're not ready, like, man, Jesus meets you where you're at. There is no one who can force you to go through your journey any faster than your spiritual and emotional legs are able to walk. Everybody moves at their own pace. And I think it's important for the rest of us that are watching uh, that surround somebody who's dealing with grief and the losses of life of many different types to give them space, but support when they need it. And to not push them ahead and not say those uh, quick comments like, oh, things get better. Time heals wounds. Genesis, they don't. Time actually doesn't heal anything. Only God does. Uh, but it's through sitting with God in your pain. And what's really cool, I recognized about God in writing this book, God doesn't expedite my pain either. He joined with me in the seasons of life I was in, in that journey at every place that I was at in my grief. And he was there, comforted me and sat alongside with me through the pain. And that's what this book does. It's not to actually move anyone ahead in their pain. And actually, when you read the, um, first chapter before you get to the daily devotion, it actually addresses that exact question. What if you're not ready? Uh, what if, 
you know, the daily devotions are too quick. It actually gives you instructions on how to take this book at your own pace. I have someone reading it right now. They, they shared the, their heart, their story with me after they got this book. And they said, hey, look, I'm reading one day at a time over the course of two or three days. That means they're reading day one or day two over the course of two or three days. So that means day one, they're reading it. Day two, they're reading day one. Day three, they're still reading day one because they feel like there's so much there. And that's the pace that they can handle it at. The other cool thing about this book is it lends to a grief devo- uh, a grief uh, support group or a grief devotional group um, dealing with griefs of various types. So it really meets you where you're at and uh, it doesn't try to expedite you in your pain. That's amazing. Just uh, so moving to hear that. Uh, so lastly, as we kind of like, turn to wrap up, you know, the, the last question would be, uh, where do we find the book, right? Question everyone wants to know. Absolutely. So we got a website. Uh, it's battletowinbook.com. Again, that's battletowinbook.com. Uh, and it's available at Amazon and iBooks and Barnes and & Nobles and all the major book outlets. So just type in Battle to Win. Of course, so you'll see my name there at the bottom. And you can uh, get the book at any of those places. But probably the easiest is just go to our website. Whether you have it, Battle to Win by Pastor Armando, make sure to check out the website for more information. It's battletowinbook.com. Don't forget the book. You can also check out FusionChurchNY.com for more information. You'll find out where we're at every Sunday. We're in Fishkill, New York. And also check us out. We're on YouTube. We're on Apple, Spotify, wherever you like to watch or listen. Just make sure that you follow, like, subscribe, and tell your friends about it. God bless everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this was helpful. For more information on this book or how to share it with someone you think might need it, click the website battletowin.com. Please subscribe and share this podcast on social media and remember to tag us 